Blog Talk Radio. I'm Raina Starr, so you don't have to be. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show, so bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you. This may not be the show for you, but that's why you tune in, and you both, you, you know it, and I know it. <laughs> Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios for all of your witching needs, and yes, my loves, the 2023 Home Blessing Balls have dropped. So buy them in pairs because, you know, Auntie Raina always tells you, balls are better in pairs. So get over to the social media page for wickedwitchstudios.com. Get them while they're hot. Get them while they're available because they will not last. All right. With me for the hour is one of my favorite humans. I love this woman. My fav- one of my favorite authors of all time, the amazing Patty Wigington. Hey, Patty. Hey, Raina. It's so good to be here. And uh, I would concur, balls are better in pairs. Yes, thank you. I always say that. <laughs> and I buy them in pairs. So, yeah. As when, one does. When Wicked Witch Studios, uh, as one ought to, I mean, you don't want one ball just hanging in the breeze. I mean, that's a lonely ball. Balls should always be. I mean, I don't care. judge, like that. But, you know. I mean, yeah, I have no judgment. It's just my fine recommendation that balls do belong in pairs. But we're not here to talk about balls. Well, I don't know. You and me, we might be. Um, but we are here to talk about the latest release. Oh, my God. How many fucking books has this bitch written? She's amazing oh and prolific <laughs> and so cool. Okay, so the book we're talking about right now, The Witch's Complete Guide to Tarot, Unlock Your Intuition and Discover the Power of Tarot. Wow, this is a super pretty book. Congratulations. Isn't it gorgeous? Thank you. Really, I absolutely um, love the way it turned out. It's stunning. I mean, the illustrations are beautiful. The cover is beautiful. I mean, the inside cover is beautiful in this beautiful maroon. I mean, it's gorgeous. It, so, it really it. is pretty. I'm I'm it so is. excited by it. When I opened the box, when I first when I got my author copies, and that sounds really pretentious, yeah. I got my author copies, you know. But I got my author oh, copies, yeah. and I opened the box, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is so much prettier than I even expected it to be. This is gorgeous. I love it." Well, you know, quite frankly, with your reputation of being, like, an excellent writer, I would hope that over time that gets recognition and, you know, like, not the quality, but the intensity of the books goes up, I would assume. This is this has to be one of the most beautifully done books I've seen in quite some time. The drawings, the colors. I mean, just the way the book is laid out, it's really so pretty. 
and I love the col. I, I know I keep talking about the colors. And, you know, it's interesting because I was a tarot reader a million years ago for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I probably read for for 20 years. And, you know, again, I never really thought about incorporating magic into tarot reading and vice versa. You know, I I always looked at them as very separate things, and I've said that about a million times, but it's true. It's only recently, like, you know, through you and and a couple of other folks that I'm learning that, oh, no, you can can use this shit for real magical works and practices, and, you know, you can enhance your readings, you can enhance your magic. But I've got to ask, I mean, you've written so many books now. How many books have you written? It's a lot. Um, (laughs) I think this is number eight. And I know that sounds really obnoxious. Like I'm not sure how many books I've written, but I think this is number eight. Um, at least as far as my witchy books. So I've written a few novels and I actually, my first published book was a children's book of all things. Um, but I think as far as witchy wow. books, I think this is number eight. It might be nine. I'm not positive. I literally would have to go look. Yeah, I would too, but I thought this was like nine or 10. So I'm going to go with my number. Um, okay. <laughs> I like that. I like your number. I right? like your number is the best one. My numbers are good. So I, what I'm curious about is, you know, in, in the line of books you've written, because you've written a lot of books that are like guidance books, which I love. You know, sure. it's like, you know, not strict instruction books per se, but more of a, hi, here's how, here's how you can start guiding yourself towards doing this thing or that thing, which I love. Right, right. Because I often forget, because I'm old and I have a head full of knowledge that quickly leaks out over time. Um, where was this talk in the lineup of things you had thought that you wanted to present? I mean, is, did this come out exactly when you wanted it to? Because you've written, so, um, I mean, I'm sorry, you've written a lot. You've written a lot of books. Yeah, <laughs> I've written a lot of books. I've written a lot of stuff. I've written about herbs. I've written about, you know, sort yeah. of magic 101 stuff. I've written about working with your yeah. ancestors. Uh, I've yep. written books about candle magic. Um, yep. And I had always wanted to write a book about tarot, but my schedule has been so busy. I mean, I've worked pretty much, I mean, a lot of people don't know this about me. I mean, you do, but a lot of people don't. I work a full-time job right. in the corporate world. Um, you know, 50 yep. hours a week, I'm at a desk doing not witchy things. And so right. I've worked pretty consistently writing books on witchcraft for about the past six years. Um, so my schedule's kind of always full. And I had always thought it would be really cool to write a tarot book, but I didn't want to write another tarot 101 book. There's a lot of them out there, and a lot of them are really good. And I just didn't think I needed to throw another one into the mix. I mean, it's been done, and it's been done a lot, and it's been done well, but I didn't need to be the person who did that. Um, So I always thought if I had the opportunity to write a tarot book, but write it the way I wanted to write it, as in, tarot is more than just here's some here's 78 cards and what they mean i always thought Mm -hmm. you know if that opportunity came up i i would i would pursue it so i got an email from the folks at chartwell publishing which is the the imprint of quarto books 
and I had never worked with them before. And they were like, hey, we'd like to put out a tarot book. How would you feel about writing it? And I was like, God, they're going to want a tarot 101 book, and that's just not my jam. I'm just, I, and so I was like, you know, uh, I don't really know if I want to write a, you know, a, a book explaining here's the meaning of all 78 cards, here's a couple of layouts, now you're done. And they were like, well, if you could write a book about tarot, how would you do it? And I was like, oh, okay, we can have a conversation. Um, So I had a conversation with the editor and sort of explained what my vision would be. And I'm not entirely sure that that's what they had intended when they first reached out to me. (laughs) In fact, I'm sure sure it probably wasn't. Um, I'm pretty sure that they were like, what the hell is she talking about? But I'm like, no, listen, hear me out. You can use spells in magic. You can use them, or you can use tarot cards in magic. You can use it in ritual. You can use it in spell work. You can use it for setting goals and personal development and guidance and stuff like that. And they were like, all right, uh, this, this could work actually. Um, so that's what I did. And this is the end result. And I'm so pleased with it. And I got to tell you, I, I, yeah, you ought to be, cause it's really good. And it's, it's, <laughs> thanks doll. <laughs> it's very well. You're welcome. I mean, I'm a fan. Yeah. But I'm a fan for a reason. I'm not a fan just cause I know you. I, I actually, I, I, I became a fan reading your stuff and then getting to know you, which has been awesome. Um, it has. Yeah, been. I, I, it has for me. I mean, experiencing your talent and not feeling like I'm being hit over the head with stuff is my favorite way of learning. I don't think people like, um, to, not that there's many people who do a lot of talking down um, mm-hmm. but it's not my favorite, that's not my favorite form of learning. Um, I, right, I would rather right. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about the way you write is that it's very, you know, it's conversational. It's like we're sitting down and having coffee, which is, you yeah. know, my favorite form of instruction. Um, what I love Absolutely. about the book, what, what I love about the book is that, I, I opened the book. Okay, so I start reading the book, and then I read the book, and then I randomly open to one of the spells, and it's about finding a home. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. That's something I'm interested in doing. Oh, hey. Hey. So I'm, I'm, I'm working my way up to, to doing the, that particular spell flash meditation in the book. So there's, like, lots of interesting shit in here. And I, you know, listen, in, first of all, I should ask you, how long have you been reading Tara? Uh, About 35 years. Jesus. Okay. That's a long I mean, I, time. I started, I started, it's a long ass time. I started reading Tarot right around the same time I started practicing witchcraft, which was when I was about 18. Um, and, you know, I'm 54, so it's been a minute. Uh, but that was when I first yeah. started reading tarot, and it was funny because a friend of mine gifted me a deck. It was the Tarot of the Cat People, and the artwork was really yeah. cool, but I, it just it just never really resonated with me. And I would sit down, and I would go to do a reading, and, you know, all I had was, like, here's how you lay out a Celtic cross. And so it would take me, like, two hours yep. just to get through this reading, and I'd be checking the little white book and writing down the meanings, trying to yep. figure out what stuff meant. And it was just, it became really tedious. Um, And for a while, I kind of set it aside. And I was like, I'm just, this is just not clicking for me. I mean, this is just, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. 
And oh, then yeah. somebody oh, yeah. suggested to me, okay, stop and just put the little white book down and just trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, all right, that sounds, that sounds weird, but we'll give it a shot. Um, and that was when everything clicked for me. And that was when, that was when I got good at it. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I've had this conversation recently about, you know, because my whole thing was, and it's an embarrassment, and I shouldn't be admitting it, but I am. I used to, because I actually taught Tara for a while, a, a little while. It was not long. But my first instruction to the class was, throw out the book. And it's like, yeah. you, know, you know what, that was, that was not the right way to go, though, because you really should get the meaning for the car. I mean, if you have a deck, sometimes mm-hmm. it's not the same exact meaning for one writer right. as it is for another writer. And so right. I actually did them a disservice and have since apologized um, for it <laughs> repeatedly. But my only way to be able to read was to do exactly that. That was what I had to do because I was getting so um, obsessed with, the, you know, the quote-unquote correct meaning right. of the card. Right, and when I, and yeah, it was a hang-up for me. And then, you know, at one point I was doing a reading and I couldn't find the fucking book. This is like a million years ago. And uh-huh. my reading was so spot on, I was like, oh, I've been screwing yeah. myself over by using the book. So, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm lucky. Well, I've had reading by incredible, incredible tarot. I mean, you know, the head of yeah. the tarot school is someone that I knew as a teenager who... I actually got readings from, oh, my God, and she was amazing mm-hmm. and still is and is incredible and woohoo. Um, but, yeah, I think the time that I spent, uh-huh. the time that I spent going through the little white book and looking up the meanings for mm-hmm. every single card, I think that served me well because it gave me a foundation yeah. so that when I yeah. did finally set the book aside and say, okay, I'm going to trust my gut on this, I kind of, yeah. I, I stopped second-guessing myself. And then I was like, oh, that's what this means in relation to you as opposed to the generic, this is what it means in all universal cases. Um, and that, that helps me a lot. And that was, that was when I started to get really good at it. Yeah. I, there's, a, there's a level of self-trust that is involved. And there I is. There is. Is it? I think it's hard for folks because I think we tend to like our lives to be in somewhat of a formula. Um, mm-hmm. If you do X oh, and yeah. Y, you know, if you do A and B, C will happen. And that mm-hmm. whole thing about trusting yourself with spells is the same thing as trusting yourself with tarot and, and your ability to read. And you address a lot of the myths, and I love the myth section of the book. <laughs> That had to be, I mean, yes, girl, back in my day, we were told you don't ever buy yourself a deck. Someone had yeah. to give it to you. Yeah. And someone gave me my first deck, and, and it was someone a Rider Waite deck. Someone gave me my first one, too. Yeah, and it was like, oh, gosh. And I think that's why readers become collectors. I can't tell you how yes. many fucking decks I have. They're stacked I have everywhere. An ab- 
I have an obscene collection of tarot cards, and a lot of them, there are some decks that I buy, I open them up, I go through them, I admire the artwork, and I never read for anyone with them, but I buy them just because the artwork is so fantastic. Um, I've recently developed a love of pop culture decks. Um, nice. You know, like I have the Golden Girls, I have the Hocus Pocus deck. Um, I've got, oh, I love them. There was a Kickstarter campaign for a deck called Our Cards Mean Death, which is based on, the artwork is based on the HBO series, Our Flag Means Death, which is wonderful. And I was like, I gotta have this. I will support this Kickstarter campaign. Um, And I just, I sometimes just find random decks that speak to me. And I might never, I only have, I have, out of all the decks I own, there's three uh-huh. that I typically read for people or for myself with, and the rest I just have them yep. because, by God, they're pretty, and I like pretty things. Holy shit. You, you're totally speaking my language. Oh, my gosh. All right, so, <laughs> I, you know, okay, I have the raid, in Rider Waite decks, Rider Waite Coleman decks alone, I keep forgetting to put Pamela in there because – when I first oh, started Pamela. reading, no one even talked about her, Pamela Coleman Smith. No one even right. I, no one even talked about her. So it's kind of right. like, oh my gosh! And I've just gotten this education um, because uh, I had a conversation recently about another version or an updated version of um, the Rider Waite Smith deck. And so I've got that one. I have an original. I have the Radiant. And it's like mm-hmm. I keep looking for the differences and I keep looking for my level of appreciation for my very first deck. And I got to tell yeah. you, the, the entrapment of somebody else has to buy it for you really fucked me up for the first couple of years. Because <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh, you know, like having to drop hints to your friends every five minutes about the deck you would like them to buy you became right. a bit of a hassle. Right. I'm like, it's like, hey, you know, the holidays are coming. There's this deck that I would really, really like to have. (laughs) And none of these bitches were picking up on it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to just do this for myself. And I always worried, you know, back then, you're talking about the late 70s, early 80s. I didn't know shit. So I'm fucking listening to everybody. And, you know, but once I started buying my own decks, I mean, talk about an obscene collection and you only read from three. Me too. Like, I read right. from the Lightseer deck, which is new-ish. It's only a couple of years old. I read from the Hanson Roberts the most. And I have an Arturian Legend deck that I read. Those, that's my show deck oh, nice. when I want to be all fancy. But I haven't yeah, done professional have- reading in years. Yeah, I have the Arthurian Legend one, too, and I love that one. It's, it's really gorgeous. Um, the three I read from are, uh, I have a, I actually have, I have two Jane Austen decks, but one of them is the one that I read from, and I love it. Um, I have the, I have the Rider Waite Smith Centennial Edition, where the colors are a little more muted, and like they're more sepia toned, and they're, they're lovely, and they're a little bit smaller than a standard deck, and they fit nicely in my hands, and I love them. The one I read from the most is Deborah Blake's Everyday Witch Tarot with artwork by Elizabeth Alba. And it is spot on every time. I freaking love it. It is a gorgeous deck. Wow. Cool. I love Deborah Blake, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, so oh, she's darling. Cool. She is great. I know. 
Oh, I know. I love her. She's actually going to be on in a month. Uh, so oh, I'm nice. super excited. Yeah. That's she's, awesome. She's been on before. I, I just adore her. But, um, but yeah, you know, so, and again, I haven't read professionally in over a decade and not mm-hmm. really into it. It is not, so I, I want folks to understand this book is not just for people that do readings for other people. It's, it's for you. It's for you and your witchcraft practice. It's for you to read Absolutely. for you. Um, and I think it's very important because, again, another myth I was always told was that you don't read for yourself. And right. not, be, not being a very objective person, I had to take to heart for the longest time. But as I've gotten mm-hmm. older, I've become a lot more objective, and it's become a lot easier to read for myself. So I'm like, fair play to me. Definitely. Read for yourself. It's, yeah. a, it's a good base to see if you're on the right track. And you taught me well, other spreads. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, that was my thing, too. Is like for a long time I couldn't read for myself because I couldn't be objective. You know, it was like, yeah. is this really what the cards are telling me or is this just me being, like, wishful thinking here? Um, but I think as you get older, you learn how to reflect on the lessons you've learned and the experiences you've had, and you learn how to look at it almost from the outside, almost a more clinical approach to it, where you turn over the card, and it's almost like when I read for myself, it's like I'm reading for someone else, because I, it's just, yeah. like, just the fact, ma'am, that's it, you know, take emotion out of the equation, read what the cards are trying yeah. to tell you, and stop worrying about whether it's like, is this what I really want, am I trying to twist it, because I'm not. Yeah, I mean... Now my approach to reading for myself is well if some if I was give, if I was doing this reading for someone else what would I tell them what would my right exactly so, and exactly and you know and I'm I'm definitely of the mind that people generally know and have the information they just want mm-hmm. a confirmation what drives me nuts is when I have somebody that just wants confirmation of what they want to hear, which is not necessarily the message being given, which is actually (laughs) why I stopped. Yeah, but I had to stop doing readings because, I mean, I was was in a place where I had clients who, specifically two clients who were, they would, I mean, (laughs) they wouldn't wipe their butts without being told it was okay. And right, right. There's, there's no reason. There's no reason to have to call a tarot reader on a daily basis. If you're yeah. functioning yeah. at such a low level, you need different kinds of help that a tarot reader cannot give you. Um, and I just got burned out because I was just doing too yeah. many, and it was it well, was I've enough. Always, and, I've always felt know. that a lot of times. I think a lot of times people go to tarot readers because it's cheaper than therapy, you know, and they want somebody to hear their problems. <laughs> and if you're a tarot reader, you hear a lot of problems and you are often are able to give reasonably good advice based on the situation. Um, you know, I sure. think we're, I, I absolutely agree with you that people are often looking for validation. I would say, honestly, like 99% of the time, the information that comes up in a tarot reading should not be a surprise yeah. to the person you're reading for. Like, you know, this right. is just you already know this. You just need it validated. And that's fine, um, especially if you look at tarot as a guidance tool rather than, ooh, we're telling the future, I'm predicting your fortune, or any of that nonsense. It's more like, okay, 
given what's been going on in the past, what's currently going on now, what is the likely trajectory in the future? And most people, if they're mindful of their own situation, say no. They know. Yeah. They know what's going on. They just need you to confirm it. And that's okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've told the story before about how um, I was doing a reading at a friend's house. Uh, she and her husband were giving me dinner, and I was doing a reading in exchange. And the fucked up thing was, was that I don't do couples readings. I don't like reading more than one person at once. And yeah. she's like, okay, I'll leave the room. You can read him first. And basically what she was doing was she knew I wouldn't lie giving a reading, and what the cards turned up was that she was having an affair and she wanted me to tell her husband. And that's exactly oh, what happened. No. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, so, girl. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a prayer, sister. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. It's bad. It, it, it was it was bad. She knew I would see it. She had never told me about the affair. I had no idea it was happening. Uh, but she mm-hmm. knew I would see it in the cards. I don't know how she knew oh, yeah. I would see it. Or maybe maybe she was just hoping I would see it. But I saw it, and I right. went. And I have to tell you, I was as surprised as he was. And I oh. went. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of choked up, and I was like, um, I'm seeing another person in this situation, and yeah, they did not have surprise. children. Yeah, so I was like, we need to talk to your wife. Right. Oh, and he God, what a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah, so she came, she she joined the reading, and um, he looked up at her and said, is it true? Is what she just told me true? And I'm like, how could you do this to me? We were friends. Right. How could you use me like right. that? So I would never, just... never maintain a friendship with someone who blindsided me with that shit. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was not cool. I was mm. very embarrassed. No. I didn't know how, I, I mean, it was, it was uncomfortable because then I couldn't get out of the room. And it was like like the push for more information. And I'm like, Mm. oh, no, no, I can't do this. No, no, not playing your reindeer games. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, I just, I I had to get out of there. It was just really embarrassing and upsetting. And I felt like a horrible human being because, in retrospect, should I have lied to him? I didn't want to lie. He was my friend, too. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. This is like an untenable situation. And and that's part of the reason I got burned out on it, too. I just didn't want to. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just had my last few years reading were just... Yeah, no, not comfortable. I, I, I had enough <sighs> bad experience. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. Then, you know, like I worked on, I worked on the psychic, not the psychic friends network, but something like that. And uh-huh. it was, it was. Kind, I mean, I'd have people call me and tell me that, that that another reader had told them that a curse was put on them, and I'm like, there's no curse oh, on you. No, no, no. no. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm like, and you hear these horror stories about, you know, 
take a sack of money at midnight. And, I mean, I don't know anything about other traditions, but I will tell you that when it comes to stuff like that, I'm not really a believer. So when somebody tells Mm -hmm. me that this is what another tarot reader instructed them to do, I get very, um, like, I don't want to work for the situation anymore, and I need to make an exit. So I just, like... I exited out of that. I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe tarot reading for professionally is it's not my ministry. It's not my gig, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's exhausting emotionally and mentally because, like I said, a lot of people use it as a therapy session. I have had people sit across the table from me where I could tell that there were some serious issues where they needed professional mental health assistance and that is something that I yeah. am not qualified to get you know and I would yeah. have I, I would just simply you know slide their money back across the table and you know tell them best wishes yep. but this is not something I can help you with oh yeah I mean I and I've done that for you know I've done that with people who have shown up for a reading who just wanted to disagree it's like listen oh this yeah reading is not this reading is not going to help you. Here's your money back. And oh no, wait, mm-hmm. wait, no, no, it's, the nope. vibe is not working for me. I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if you're willing to listen to what I have to say, that's fine. Um, but at this point, you know, you're you're being very argumentative, and it's not it's not going to happen for us today. And right. you know, she came right. back a month later, and I wound up giving her the reading, and it was fine, and she paid for it, and she was happy. It just you know, not every space and time is appropriate for a reading. If somebody's really agitated sure. and not focused on getting the reading, just as if I'm not focused on giving the reading, you know, you you've got to be, you've got to monitor yourself and the person in front of you and you know absolutely all intentions all intentions are good but it doesn't always work out so you know don't feel like you're a failure as a reader if that happens to you I certainly didn't feel like a failure but when the vibe right. is not reading correctly you've got to know when to stop and let go but right um, when you, know, you mentioned fun and when it stops feeling good then it's time to walk away yeah. Totally, totally. And I love the the card cleaning ritual. Uh, you know, it's yeah. Just, I mean, I used to just like do the sage thing, and I mean, I didn't put as much thought into cleaning my cards as perhaps I should have. And you know, you give these really great simple instructions on what to do to just put yourself yeah. in the right frame of mind. And you do give an overview of every card, which I thought was really awesome. I mean, it's not like this is not from the a book that comes with a deck. It's like, hi, here are right. your general meanings. This is your yes. guideline. And, you know, right? And they are they're very general. And obviously, you know, one of the reasons I always tell beginner people who are just new to tarot reading, one of the reasons I always recommend Rider Waite Smith, even though not everybody loves the artwork, and I understand that. Um, but one of the things that's great about it is that pretty much any book you buy on how to read tarot is going to use those illustrations as its framework. So it makes it a lot more recognizable. So, of course, in this book, obviously, you know, you can look at the images of the cards. They are very Rider-Waite-Smith-esque. I mean, the, there's, no two, there's no bugs about that. 
Um, but if you buy, you know, if you buy a deck created by somebody who went completely rogue and did something new and creative and unique with their own artwork, obviously sometimes the meanings are going to be just a little bit different because every artist brings their own interpretation to the deck. So it's important that people understand that. Um, but in general, you know, the fool card is going to be very similar in its meaning from one deck to the next. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's, hey, it's your wild card no matter where it is, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> Why exactly. I love it. So, you know, it's, it's, everything's up in the air. You don't know. You're just going along and right. shit might happen. Just saying. Exactly. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know about when you were, um, well, I'm older, so there's, you know, it, there's like a generational gap there a little bit. But when I was first learning, the only real deck anybody used was the Celtic Crossbred. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Holy yeah. When, it when I forever. first when Yes, when I first started, that was the one that everybody said, oh, you've got to learn how to do the Celtic Cross. It's comprehensive, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Like, you know what, bitch, sometimes I just want to pull two cards and be done with it and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to spend three hours writing a journal about how this worked out for me in the Celtic Cross, because sometimes you don't need that much information. Sometimes you just need it quick and dirty. Yeah. Um, usually that's how I like it. Well, not, wait a minute. Let me back up. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm But here's the thing, you know, it's nice to have that as, you know, a spread you can use, but yeah, turn the card this way, turn the card that way. Then there's the whole discussion of, well, what if the card is inverted? And, you know, some people throw the book out on that and don't even read it. And I'm like, no, read it the way it is. Read it as yeah. it plays. And my yeah. general rule for me had always been if it's upside down, it's more of an internal thing to look at than an external thing to look at. What are your thoughts right. on that? Yeah, I mean, I know there are a lot of people who don't read reversals at all. I mean, I understand yeah. that. And, I, you know, I think – I think if you decide that you don't want to read reversals, that's okay, but just be consistent. Like, if you're not going to read them, never read them. You know, that that's fine. Um, I do think that one of the great things about, you know, I mean, look at it this way. If you've got a tarot deck, you've got 78 different pieces of advice you can see, right? Um, and if yeah. you allow yourself to include reversed ones, you've got 156. I mean, that's basic math. But I think a lot of the mistake a lot of people make is that they think that a reversed card is 180 degrees opposite of the upright meaning. Um, and I don't think that's the case. I think they're more of like the shadow right. aspect. You know, if yep. you look at cards, instead of being upright, it's white, and reversed, it's black. Upright, it's A. Reversed, it's B. Whatever, you know, light, dark, whatever. It, there's a spectrum. There's a whole spectrum of a lot of different things. And I think that's one of the benefits of learning to read intuitively is you can pull out those subtle little nuances. Okay, this card is reversed. 
what do I need to dive deeper on? And I agree, a lot of it is like something that's going on internally rather than external forces. Like what do I need to unpack in myself to understand what this card is trying to tell me? So I, I think it's, you know, I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice by not reading reverse cards because there's, especially if you have a deeper, more complex situation that you're trying to evaluate, I think you're you're selling yourself short by ignoring those. I agree. And my thought was always, well, if the card was getting pulled, it's there for a reason. Why would you leave right. it out? I just never, I never right. understood that. Um, so I think if you, you know, you talk about doing things intuitively and, you know, from a magical standpoint, which I believe a tower reading is for me, um, mm-hmm. anything that comes out is, is coming out to give a message. Just, you know, even if the message doesn't seem applicable, it might be down the road. So throw it out right. there is my thought. But the thing I love in your book is you give a lot of different options for readings, and a lot of them are like, Three card, five card, four card, mm-hmm. um, nine card, sure. which to me is pretty extensive. And I'm like, hell yeah, I don't have to, you know, do everything is not cut and dried, and not everything right. needs a two hour reading. Which sometimes, if you you know, when you're getting into one of those old fashioned Celtic cross spreads, and there's nothing wrong with them, um, right? But if you're under a time constraint. And you need to cut to the chase, or like Patty says, you know, I want fast and dirty, baby. Um, it helps to have <laughs> other <know> options. <laughs> I love it. Um, you're so my girl. Anyway, um, uh-huh. it's I true. Love you so you much. Know, sometimes, <laughs> I love you, too. But, I mean, sometimes you just need that information, and it, sometimes you have somebody in front of you where if you give them too much information or too many details, they get mired in it. Um, yeah, I know and it muddies me, the waters. It, it does. And it's like, I just need to know, baby, left or right, what's happening? And, you know, a right. three-card spread is pretty much your direction to, let's get this done now. I only have five minutes yeah. before I have to get the fuck out the door and get in the car and go right. to work. Do I, do I take the expressway or the street today? And that has helped right. me enormously, you know, on a bad weather morning where it's like, uh, how fucked am sure. I if I go in my normal direction? Maybe I should try something else. But I love the idea of being able to, you know, because it seems like everything was either three card or fucking huge and elaborate, but it's gone on. And I certainly love in the book that you put all these different spreads that are Shorter rather than longer, and it's definitely helpful to, you know, for folks who are just starting to read or folks like me who are older and have been reading for a while and want to Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people get really intimidated by those big layouts, like the Celtic Cross, which is, you know, it's what, 10 or 11 cards, and you have the latest, the Romany spread, which is like 21 cards. I mean, it's a phenomenal amount of stuff, and if you're somebody who's yeah. just getting started, and I, and I think one of the things I wanted to do, especially with the three-card layout, was I wanted to make sure people understand that you can make those three cards represent anything you like. Like, they can represent past, present, or future, sure. Or mm-hmm. they can represent uh, the mind and the body and the spirit. Or they can represent 
you know, you, the people around you, and the people that are going to come into your life. They can represent anything you want. As long as you designate them ahead of time and you know what they're going to mean, you can do any kind of reading at all. If, if the question has three parts, you can structure it in a three-card layout. Yeah, and no one ever gave us permission to do that. And I know that sounds fucked up right. and stupid, but when you're learning, well, I mean, for me, when I was learning, it was this is how it's done. And there was not a lot right. of room for self-interpretation or other ways of doing it. This was the this was the system. These were the yep. cards. That's what you did. And I'm so glad right. that that you are promoting the evolution of reading the way you are with, eh, you don't got to do all that. Calm down. Yeah. I run into this a lot. I mean, I'm a big advocate of working smarter, not harder. And I think your magic needs to be useful to you. It doesn't matter if your magic is useful to other people or not. And that includes tarot reading, you know, and, I've had conversations with people where I've told them about certain things I do or do not do in my magical practice. And they're like, well, you have to do that. Or you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Why? What, mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Are, like the, are the witch police going to show up at my door and get mad at me because I didn't cast a circle before I cast a spell? No. I mean, work with what works best for you. And that includes the way you interpret your tarot card. Does it make sense to you? Did you get the answers that you needed to get? All right, then you did a good job. You get a cookie. I love cookies. <laughs> Who doesn't love cookies? But, I mean, but I just love cookies. No, but all joking aside, here's the thing. When I told people I no longer drew a circle, a traditional mm-hmm. circle, before yep. any working, I got looks yep. of, are you fucking nuts? And I'm like, oh, I God. swing my knife over my head three times. That's enough. I, I'm not casting yeah. for a crowd of 30. It's only no. me. I'm in, yeah. I'm in front of my altar. I'm doing it by myself. I, have, I don't need a circle. Jesus. No, I don't either. <laughs> and I, I've told people this, like, when I've done workshops or presentations or whatever, you know, and people will be like, well, you know, when you cast a circle, how do you, I'm like, I don't, if I'm, cast, if I'm doing magic or ritual at home, I do not cast a circle. And I tell you what, Raina, you would think I have, I have just sprouted horns and a tail from the way they look at me because, and then I started, I explained, I keep my home designated as sacred space. So my entire house is a giant ongoing sacred space, i.e. a circle, um, so, you know, I go out about once a month around, you know, full moon time, and I refresh it and give it a little booster shot, but that's about it. I mean, I don't need to do a full casting of a circle for every single spell I do. There are some times when I will go ahead and do one just because reasons, but for the most yeah. part, I don't do it, and people are horrified. They're horrified. And I've looked at people dead in the eye and said, I give you permission to not cast a circle the next time you do a spell, and you let me know how it goes. And they're just, like, appalled. I know. But here's the not thing. Like anyone need, I, it's I, not that anyone needs – nobody needs my permission, but it's just thinking outside right. the box. It's like, let's try something different and see if it works. Because if yeah. it works and nothing bad happens, then why wouldn't you do it that way? You know, if you have a relationship with a deity or deities, um, I think they know where you're at 
as long as you're right. honest between you and them. Um, but yeah, like my entire home is a gigantic altar. It's yeah, like every exactly. Room, every single room in my house, except the bathroom, although that's changing. Um, every room except my bathroom has an altar in it of some sort. Like every yeah. room has an altar. The office has an altar. The living room has an altar. I mean, every fucking space. Um, so the circle is constantly in motion and already drawn. So, you know. Yes. And, and what you do yes. in your own home should be your own gig, and nobody should be judging that. I think that's hilarious that people still flip out, apparently, when you tell them that, too. Because I haven't done a circle circle. Yeah. <sighs> But I, I if, mean, you look, I, if you look I, at some of the Witchcraft 101 books, if you look at some of the 101 level books, especially some of the classics mm-hmm. that people like me and you came up on that are still in circulation today, what's the first thing they tell you to do? Yeah. First, you cast a circle. Yep. It's true. It's true. But I think everything we were reading, well, especially for me, was based on there was an assumption of how much knowledge we already had. A lot of our mm-hmm. books, were not user-friendly. They were not necessarily, quote-unquote, for a new witch. As much as I love Big Blue, and I do Uh love Big Blue, I don't really consider it a beginner's book. I don't think of it as a 101 book because there are so many questions that young folks have before they get to all of that. And we didn't really have the benefit unless we were mentored by somebody, which I was lucky enough to be. Um, we didn't right. necessarily have the right tools before starting the book journey because the books made a lot of assumptions because the books were pe- written by witches for people who were already fully developed other for witches is how people I People who were already so, practicing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is yeah. like If you go back now, I mean, I still have my original copy of Big Blue from 1986. It's like falling apart at the yep. seams, but I still have it. I've written it yep. in corners. I've highlighted of dog ears and pages. I mean, there's coffee stains on it. Oh, you yeah. name it. I mean, I, that book has been through the ringer and back. And I went back yeah. and revisited it a year or two ago. I think it was during, during like the first few months of COVID when it was like, everybody was like, I have nothing to do. I'll read everything on myself again. Um, so I went <laughs> back and I revisited it. And I realized that for somebody who was a beginner witch, like I was when I first got it, there's a lot of stuff that's not in there. And now as someone yeah. who's been practicing for 35 years, I can fill in those gaps myself because I know what got left out. I understand what's missing. But you don't know yep. what you don't know. And when you're new to it, you're just kind of like, I'll just follow these directions, but they seem hard. Yes, exactly my point. That's exactly my point. We did not have the benefit of books like yours. And I, I I consider your books a benefit to people who are just starting out and people who have been practicing but haven't thought about certain things, like me, who only recently really started thinking about tarot in relation to magic and putting it into practice. I mean, I always look at yeah. them as very, very separate things. So yeah. it's eye-opening for somebody who's just starting, but it's also eye-opening for somebody who didn't ever think about it. You know, again, the assumptions of what we thought we already knew. So this, you know, and all of your books are like that. I mean, this is not unique to this book. Every book that Patty writes 
is for everyone already practicing and people just starting. I mean, that's why Patty's one of my favorite writers. Just saying. Oh, thank you. I just I want to make I want to make information accessible. I I try to write the books that I wish had been available when I first started practicing. It's so true. It's so true. You must hear from people all the time saying, where was this when I needed it 30 years ago? I do. I, do. I, I mean, do. You know, it's funny. I do, a lot of, I do a lot of events. I do a lot of festivals and, you know, workshops and stuff like that. And usually I almost always have someone come up to me who says, you know, I wish I had seen this. 15 years ago and it's like, or 20 years ago. Yeah. It's like, dude, I wish I had written it 50 or 20 years ago. <laughs> Damn child prodigy. Um, right. right. I, so, so something else I really liked in your book that I found extremely unique was your section on themes to look for because yeah, sometimes you're just not thinking that there's a pattern happening when the there's the a pattern. Is happening. Yes. Yes. So I think one of the biggest you... mistakes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask no, you I was... why why you why you put that in the book because I've not seen that in a book previous to now. Well, because I think it's important. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make as as human beings is it's it's a it's a two sided coin. We look for patterns when there aren't any and we fail to see them when there are, you know, <laughs> like, like we're convinced there's a pattern in something and there's not, it's, it's pretty, it's, I mean, I guess in theory, nothing is completely random, but it's, it's random. And then other times there's something yeah. that's pretty much like right in our face and we fail to acknowledge it. Um, so I thought that was really important. And this is something I, I have, I've, I've taught tarot classes before, and this is something that I sort of pulled together as a result of those classes because, you know, I would have people ask me, okay, so how come I just pulled a whole bunch of cards and they all have birds on them? Well, okay, that's that's a really good question. Let's dive into that. Let's talk about what that means. Or what does it mean when I lay down nine cards and, uh, you know, four of them are sixes and four of them are eights? You know, okay, well, all right, let's let's talk about that. There's something going on here. Um, so I thought it was really important to look for that because that's a good way of tying the cards together. If you lay out the cards and nothing makes sense from the way they mm-hmm. appear, maybe it's time to look at, okay, what does it mean if you have multiples of, of similar cards? Or what does it mean if you have a bunch of cards where, you know, everybody is wearing a blindfold or cards where there's a whole bunch of children in the background. What, do, what does that mean to you instead? And I think sometimes that kind of triggers that, that intuitive response where you're like, oh, oh, okay, that, that part of this makes sense to me now. So I thought it was really yeah. important to include themes and, you know, and that includes things like colors, you know, colors are very symbolic. Yeah. I'd love to write a book on color yeah. magic someday. That that would be my next dream, dream topic. Um, but, you know, colors and animals and peoples and other things you see, you know, like pools or water, you know, we see a lot of water in tarot cards. Um, all of these things, yeah. they all have, they all represent different things metaphysically. So when you see a bunch of them, maybe it's time to look for that pattern instead of just ignoring it and being like, oh, this doesn't make any sense to me now. <laughs> I've had those moments. Believe me. 
I have had those moments uh-huh. where it's like, okay, where am I at? But, you know, you also employ, you know, the ability to tell a story through through tarot. You're stuck. Yeah. Well, what, how do these cards, even if they're not similar cards, how do they relate to each other? Are you right. trying to find a story in there that you can translate to the person you're reading for, even if the person you're reading for is you? Um, and that's helpful. So the book is really full of great information and ideas on, on spreads and readings and magic and, you know, using tarot as a meditative tool, which I find fascinating. Um, yeah. Because all the, why not use all of these things? Uh, again, I looked at both items as, you know, witchcraft and, and tarot as being two very separate things. But And they don't have to be connected per se. But if you're someone who is of a certain path and you happen mm-hmm. to read, why not incorporate the two? But even for somebody who's not necessarily a, a magical practitioner, the book is very useful just as a tarot book, which I also right, like. Right. So and I think really it's important a, to acknowledge a, that not everybody who reads tarot is a practicing witch. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of non-witchy tarot readers. There are Christian tarot readers. There are atheist tarot readers. There are agnostic tarot readers. There are Jewish tarot readers. They come in all different parts of the spectrum. Um, but yeah. I think I, I tried to make sure that every element I included in here was something that would be of use to most people. Oh, it definitely accomplishes that. I, this is a great, this is, this book makes a great Yule gift. Yule is coming. Yule is coming. Yule is coming. It's, it's, Buy your book are, now. <laughs> Buy your book now because Yule, let me tell you what, it's the 27th of November. Before you can turn around three times, it's going to be fucking Yule. And have you thought about gifts for your people? I'm just going to tell you, you need to pick up this book for yourself or for the reader in your life because I will tell you this book is really cool. It's well done. It's not difficult to understand. Um, There's card spells, uh, which I love. There's ways to ward your house. There's, there's, I mean, you have, you've really kind of covered it, my friend. There's spells in here, there's meditations in here, there's rituals in here, there's explanations, there's layouts. I mean, whatever you're asking, and you give a history, you know, in the beginning of the book. Impressive, just saying. If you want something (laughs) that doesn't make you feel like you're sitting in front of a professor who's putting you to sleep, this book is for you, for sure. This book is fantastic. You You really did a great job. I, I got my undergrad in history, so I always have to include, like, here's why we're doing this. I feel like that's really important. So I can't help it. It's just what I do. <laughs> I'm so glad you love it, though. I do. I do love it. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And th- as I mentioned to you earlier, there's a couple things in there that I'm really interested in, in pursuing on a personal level. So I'm kind of, like, excited and nervous because I think it's going to work. Because um, <laughs> I, awesome. you know, I have your books. Your books are all over my my house as reference guides and you know inspirational tools. So I, Yay. you know, I'm just delighted and loving it. So what are you working on now, my friend? 
so I'm actually working on something right now that I'm not entirely sure that I'm supposed to talk about um, okay. because I'm co-authoring something with somebody else. And I, I don't know if cool. that's been officially announced yet. Um, but what okay. it is is something that will be out, uh, I think, the end of 2023. Um, I also should have a book on crystals coming out sometime in spring oh. or summer. And come July, I've got something super fun. You're going to love this, okay? So okay, I've, okay. you know those uh, page-a-day calendars where it's like 365 pages and there's a different thing on each page and you yeah. turn it off as you go through the year? Okay, so yeah. uh, daily witchcraft on the daily spell calendar uh, for 2024, oh. which will be released in July or August of 23. <sighs> It's super fun. I'm gonna it's love so it. cool. <laughs> so oh my god, I can't I just wait. got I just oh got the cover art and it's delightful. I'm like, this is beautiful. Oh shit. So is it gonna be like a daily or is it gonna be like a monthly thing? Nope, it's a daily calendar. So it's like you know, oh. it's it's like you open the little box and it's like a notepad. It's a stack of 365 or 366 pages, I guess. Um, and yeah. you just pull one off for each day. So you could pull them off and you could like stick them in your book of shadows. You can save them for later. You can do anything you like. Nice. But there's spells, there's correspondences, there's little bits of witchy trivia, there's witchcraft and magical quotes and history. Um, it's going to be super fun. That sounds amazing. Oh, my God. I've also talked your ear off for almost an hour. Okay, before we oh run my gosh, out we've been on for an hour? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, yeah. So tell people where they can find you. <laughs> yeah. So you can totally find me online at my website. It's pattywiggington.com. You can also stalk me on Facebook at About Paganism <laughs> or Patty Wiggington Author. Um, I'm avoiding Twitter lately, so I'm not doing a whole lot over there, but I'm on Instagram yeah. as Patty Wiggington. You can pretty much find me anywhere you like. I am all over the interweb, and I would love to hear from people. Amazing. Patty, I love you so much. Thanks for coming on and hanging out with me on a Sunday afternoon to talk about this book. Thank you so much for having me. I always love coming on your show, and you are amazing. Thank you. You're so sweet. All right, once again, The Witch's Complete Guide to Tarot. Unlock your intuition and discover the power of tarot. Get it for you. Get it because you love someone. Get it because you love yourself, honey. Patty, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you again. All righty. Bye-bye. All right, guys, I'll be back on Thursday. I think Thursday is the first, and I'll be back with Sarbus Damante for the 415. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye.